idea being that you know it will help people um, you know increase their faith along the lines of sacrificial giving you know uh, stewardship seed sowing harvest and all of that which you know is our theme for the month help me um, shake hands with your neighbor and tell them I hope you'll be a good steward this month and the rest of your life Pastor Godman is uh, unable to be in this service today. He's, um, he's ministering at Elevate 200, the Onikon Church. Amen. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one of his, that's his own ministry project. So he's, uh, you know, laying hands on the sick there. At, at E200, you, you have a lot, of, a lot of things to deal with, you know, drug issues, uh, a lot of sickness and things like that. And every now and then he likes to visit them, lay hands on them, you know, anoint them with oil, and just trust God for these people. And see that the uh, seed you're sowing in that direction, the offerings you're giving to the E200, um, is being utilized properly. We, 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 we do our very best to make sure that all those funds go in the, very, in the right direction. And um, we see testimonies. You will see a video later in, I think next month, you know, of this uh, ministry assignment that he has, and I hope it will be a blessing. If you will open with me in your Bibles, Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 to 6. So I hope you don't mind me taking uh, this service. Matthew 11, verses 2 to 6. Our subject this morning is fear God, not not poverty. (laughs) Fear God, not poverty. Fear God, not poverty. Amen. 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 You know, people believe that the first service is the, is, the, is the most quiet service. You need to disprove that. Okay? I want to assume you woke up early, got ready for service, uh-huh, and stuff like that. So, you need to disprove that. I need some, some noise and some interaction in service this morning. Ah, thank you. God bless. <laughs> Matthew 11, uh, t- 2 to 6. Are we there? Matthew 11, verses 2 to 6. Matthew 11, verses 2 to 6. I want us to read together. 1, 2, let's go. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the, one, are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go, and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Amen. The subject is fear God, not poverty. Jesus answered and said to them in verse 4, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. And he's making here a very direct link between the gospel and poverty. He says the deaf hear, uh, uh, the lame walk, the blind see, but the poor have the gospel, or and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. Jesus is saying that the solution to the poverty problem is not money. Amen. Money does not solve the problem a poor man has. He says, say to John that the poor people are receiving the gospel or the good news. Amen. 
Now, the, the, the deaf hear, the lame walk, and all of that also comes via the good news. The, the deaf hear because the deaf hears the good news. The, the lame walk because the lame hears the good news. His, his problem, his, his lameness or deafness is immediately solved when he hears the good news and, and his uh, uh, faith is activated in that sense. He says the poor has the good news preached unto him. You need to understand that everything that you need to solve every problem is located in the good news. The Bible says Hebrews 11 verse 1 by faith we understand that there was, sorry, Hebrews 11, 1. Faith is the substance of things uh, not uh, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, that the things that are seen were not made out of things that do appear. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, that the things that are seen were not made out of things that do appear. In other words, the seen is not made from the seen. The seen is made from the unseen. The unseen is the raw material for everything that is seen. So the poor man uh, will solve his problems when he takes in the good news, believes the good news, uh, has a change in his mentality and disposition towards poverty, and then that solves the problem. Amen. Cash is not the solution to poverty. The good news is so is the solution to poverty. Poverty is defined as the state of being extremely poor or the state of being inferior in quality or, or insufficient in amount. In all of that, one word stands out. Lack. Amen. I don't have enough. I'm poor. I think it was Kenneth Hagin who said when they were poor. He said, he said I was so poor. Poor people used to say I was poor. You know that is bad poor. Amen, that's, that's really bad poor. Some people say that's not poor, that's poor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, poor. You should add one more zero to that, or one more O to that. Yeah, he said, he said poor people used to say I was poor. Like, I, I know, your own is different. <laughs> Amen, this is, this is an anointing. <laughs> Hallelujah. It says the state of being extremely poor, the state of being inferior in quality or insufficient in amount. If we understand from First Thessalonians 5.23 where the Bible was, uh, or 21, where the Bible was praying that God keep you holy, spirit, soul, and body, then we understand that uh, poverty can be experienced on three different levels. You can have poverty of pocket or poverty of body. Amen. Poverty of pocket. Poverty of pocket. Poverty of pocket is where you don't have enough cash in your pocket. Your bank account is not reading what you would like it to read or it comes in red... Uh, with red ink. Back then I used to say it's, it's below sea level. Amen. Poverty of pocket. Poverty of mind. Poverty of mind. So that's... Uh, 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 you're, you're lacking in ideas. Lacking in brain children. Lacking in self-esteem. Poverty of mind is a, is a poor measure of self. Self-esteem is self-estimate. Hallelujah. It's from two words, self and esteem. So self-esteem really means what worth or what value do you place on yourself. The, uh, the 
the Israelites, I think Numbers 13, around the 33rd verse, they said when we got to the land, the land was flowing with milk and honey. They said, we saw the children of Anak there, the giants. They said, we looked to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so did we look in their own eyes. Amen. So they looked in their eyes, what they, what they looked in the eyes of the giants, what they looked in their own eyes. Self-esteem is the estimate or the esteem that you place on yourself. That's why it's not down to friends, it's not down to relationships, it's not down to family to dictate your self-esteem. Self-esteem is in your own hands. Amen. The best place to find self-esteem is in God's word. What does God say about you? And when you understand what God says about you, it begins to enrich your self-esteem. You become a better person in how you think about yourself. You also have poverty of spirit. Poverty of spirit. Poverty of spirit. Poverty of spirit is when you are shut out. Of the promise of eternal life. Someone who is not born again. Who has not come into a living relationship with Jesus Christ. Is poor in spirit. I know Jesus said. uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of God. Uh, Poor there is is different poor. Poor there is. um, You can call it humble. Blessed are the humble in spirit. Blessed are those who know they are not sufficient in themselves. Amen. Blessed are those who rely on God, for theirs is the kingdom of God. That's not poor there. That's not, that's not poor in poverty sense or you know, money sense. That's a different poor. But when you're poor in spirit, you, you lack a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you are not you know, communing with him on a daily basis. Now, regarded of how that poverty is manifested, nobody wants to be poor. People run from poverty by any means. People run from poverty by any means. People run from poverty by any means. I'm not of the school that believes that poverty is piety. Some people believe you serve God better when you are poor. Some people believe poverty is God's way of, uh, you know, uh, dealing with us, uh, making us grow, and things like that. I think I would rather grow in God rich. I don't know about you. I just think so. I think it's more convenient. It's more comfortable. Amen. I want to be able to wake up on Sunday and go to church and not chase anything else. Doesn't that sound nice? Uh Uh-huh. You know? I say, Pastor, I can't come to church today. You know, someone asked me to come and see them to collect something. I don't need handouts, you know. I'm not, uh, no, 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 no. Go to work, come back, satisfied, happy, content, peace of mind, serving God. Someone said, Pastor, I don't fornicate. I said, you can't. You're squatting where you live. <laughs> Amen. That's not a don't. That's a can't. <laughs> you don't know, how, you don't know how, how strong you are spiritually until you can afford not to be. Hallelujah. Amen. So when you can afford to take a girl to Nikon, uh, is it Nikon Hotel they call it, in Abuja, or Four Points, you know, and and mess up and fornicate, uh, and still do not, by virtue of God's word, do it, then you're rich in spirit. Hallelujah. Then you're rich in spirit. Money, Money amplifies who you are. Prosperity amplifies who you are. It doesn't mean you were not fornicating when you were poor. You just could not afford it. (laughs) Hallelujah. No, the money didn't change you. It just enabled you to do what you would have done if you had money. Am I correct? 
That's all. <laughs> Hallelujah. Alright, okay. So the fear of poverty will cause you to dishonor the covenant. There's a, there's a scripture... There's a scripture I read once, and I just never forgot the scripture. Ecclesiastes, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 2, if you will. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and um, verse 26. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse 26. Ecclesiastes 2.26. It says, For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. But to the sinner he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. This is also vanity and grasping of the wind. The Bible says to the sinner he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. You know when I read this scripture many years back then I started to understand you know, why some of our leaders would go into government and steal money like it was running out of fashion. Amen. Or like there was no, not going to be any money tomorrow. Spend money like... And then I realized, you read some scripture there, it says God gave them a burden to heap. It takes a burden to steal 5 billion US dollars. Amen. As a leader. It takes an anointing. That's a burden. It's not normal. The Bible says God gave them the work of collecting and gathering. <laughs> he's working under something he cannot explain. But he's doing it, listen to me, for those who serve God. That money will find its way back into your pocket. Amen. Believe it or not. I'm not going to call names, but when some of those guys stole those billions, you know you open the newspaper, sometimes I see they say they hung someone in China because he stole $500,000. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you hung him. A former leader. They say he stole a million dollars. I'm like, I mean, that's what we celebrate here, isn't it? There was the NIS fiasco the other day where they said uh, hundreds of thousands of people should come and apply for uh, how many jobs? 3,000 jobs? 1,000 jobs. Oh, 4,000 jobs. Amen. And so you bring thousands of people into a stadium to apply for 4,000 jobs. People are dead. And what I hear now is they are giving the families of all the dead people jobs. Amen. So his father can come and do the job. I think that must be the idea. And my question is, how does that solve the problem? You understand that? How does that solve the problem? When the people who should resign, without questions, whether we've been, we've been investigated or not, still sit there and try to, you know, bribe the press and do all of that and burnish their images, then something is wrong. Something is wrong. There's a poverty there. So the fear, of pov- the fear of poverty causes you to dishonor the covenant. You hold on to your seed. It causes you to cheat for personal gain. It causes you to compromise your faith. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 30, uh, 18 tells us that it is God that gives the power to get wealth. Now if God gives the power to get wealth, why do you fear a spirit that can only steal from you when you permit it to do? Or to do so? 
The Bible says the devil cometh but for to cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is his JD, that's his assignment. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The devil's job is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So you shouldn't fear anything that comes from the devil. Fear God, not poverty. A lot of the things we do are born out of our fear of poverty, not our fear of God. Can I hear an amen? So we're going to pick on about four points. How to slay the spirit of poverty. How to slay the spirit of poverty. How to slay the spirit of poverty. Number one, overcome indebtedness. Overcome indebtedness. Overcome indebtedness. Debtors have no seed. The Bible says that the servant, uh, sorry, the borrower is servant to the lender. The borrower is servant to the lender. So when you're, when you're soaked and drenched in debt, you don't have seed. Why? All you're thinking about is how to pay the lender. Some people have repayments and all of this weighing heavily on your paycheck. Any money you get is already gone before you get it. That story will end this year in the name of Jesus. So debtors do not have seed. And if you understand the law of uh, uh, seed time and harvest that I preached on Wednesday, when you do not have seed, you cannot have harvest. I said it's only in the dictionary where harvest comes before seed. Only in the dictionary. Only in the dictionary. Will you see harvest before seed? The biblical principle is that a seed must go into the ground and die, otherwise it abides alone. So some people do not have seed to sow simply because they are married in debt. So you need to viciously fight indebtedness. Indebtedness is, 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 is bad. Indebtedness is not something you can afford to be relaxed about. You cannot afford to be laid back about indebtedness. The only debt we are allowed to owe a fellow man is the debt of love. Oh, no man, anything but to love them. So when I wake up in the morning, the only debt I owe mankind is love. That's why even God's love is renewed every morning. The only debt God owes you every day is love. Amen. It's not increased, it's not reduced, it's not replaced, it's renewed. It's renewed. God will not love you today more than he loved you yesterday. But after you've withdrawn from his love tank, (laughs) because a lot of us withdraw so much from God's love tank, we try God. And he says, ah, even if you remain faithful, even if you remain unfaithful, I remain faithful. I cannot deny myself. Sometimes I'm like, God, man, this must be tough for you, man. But (laughs) keep staying faithful. (laughs) Amen. Keep staying faithful. And every day that love tank has to be renewed. But because God is love, it's just there. 
It's, it's, it's unceasing. You cannot exhaust God's love. Try as hard as you want. So do not live from paycheck to paycheck. God's intention is not that you uh, receive a harvest and use it to pay off debt. No. Out of every harvest, you must find a seed to sow for the next cycle of your life. Number two. Get into position as a carrier of seed. Get into position as a carrier of seed. Get into position as a carrier of seed. Isaiah chapter 55 and the 10th verse. It says, For as the rain comes down and, the, and snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Position yourself as a carrier of seed. The Bible says those that go forth uh, uh, um, with their seed in their hands shall doubtless return rejoicing, holding their sheaves or their harvests with them. Those that go forth with their seed in their hands rejoice. Um, sorry, um, those that go forth in tears with their seed in their hands shall doubtless return rejoicing. Where is that scripture? Help me, somebody. Psalm one two. No, it can't be one two five. Psalm one two six. Okay, Psalm hundred and twenty six. Let me just check that. Psalm 126, it says, When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreams our mouths were filled with uh, laughter and our tongues with shouts of singing, and it was hinted amongst the heathen, the Lord has done great things for us. The Lord has done great things for, for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity like the streams of the south. Some translations will say the streams of uh, uh, the Negev. It's, sorry? Yes, the streams of the Negev. It says, uh, those that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Or those that carry their seed in tears shall doubtless return in joy rejoicing. He that continually goes forth weeping, thank you, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. He says if he goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, he will doubtless, there's no doubt about it. There is no doubt about the fact that the seed sower will reap a harvest. He will doubtless return rejoicing, holding his sheaves with him. So position yourself as a carrier of seed. Distinguish your bread from seed. I've said this before. May God give us the clarity to know what is seed and what is bread. He gives seed to the sower and bread for food or bread to the eater. And the Bible says uh, uh, um, that may the God that gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater multiply your seed and increase the fruits. Of your righteousness. There's a very powerful statement here. Sown bread decays. Amen. Sown bread decays. Sow your seed, eat your bread. Don't eat your seed and sow your bread. When you sow your bread, it decays. Pastor, what do you mean? Good question. Your bread is for eating. Amen. It is irresponsible to sow your children's school fees. You want me to say it again? (laughs) 
people don't believe that just came from a Pentecostal church. It is irresponsible to sow your children's school fees. The women are going to say amen now. It is irresponsible to sow your, the money you've set aside for feeding the family. Amen. Give God what is his. Give your family what is theirs. When your child says, Daddy, I've been sent out of school, uh, and it's not your portion in Jesus' name. Daddy, I've been sent out of school. They said I haven't paid my school fees. I'm going to say, son, sit down. Let me teach you something. Amen. <laughs> I sold your school fees. <laughs> It's a principle you must learn. <laughs> that is, that's not your portion in Jesus' name. You will have more than enough. More than enough. God is able to make all grace abound towards you and I, that you and I having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. Abound. Have more than enough for every good work. Amen. So, your harvest comes, you take your tithe and give it to God. Your harvest comes, you take a seed. And give it to God. Because you've, res- you've been responsible enough to budget. You put aside your children's school fees. Amen. You put aside money for, the, for, for housekeeping. You put aside uh, uh, money for that gift you wanted to buy uh, for your wife. I expected another amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You put aside what you plan for savings. For the family. You see, because... And, and there's a caveat here. Unless you are led. See, you must trust yourself enough to know that you hear from God. If you are still reading how to be led by the Spirit, don't show your children's school fees. <laughs> Amen. If, 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 you are still, if you still ever doubt when you hear a Rema word, don't show your children's school fees. Abraham's gave Isaac. Amen. Now, that's a powerful seed. But he was led. He heard God. He heard God. He heard God. I've matured to the point that I don't care how skilled the preacher is. I don't care what you tell me is going to happen to me if I don't sow. I'm sorry, I'm bigger than that. Oh, if you don't sow, uh, you know, your life is going to end tomorrow. Mm -hmm. friend was in a church in London and the pastor came and uh, sorry I'm a pastor too I shouldn't be saying stuff like this but <laughs> and the pastor came and said you know uh, God said 300 people here have a hundred pounds to give amen I wonder how they get the numbers it, must... <laughs> it happens I don't know I, I'm, I mean I'm still growing in Christ you know but, but if you say God said 300 people, you know, to give, and 100 people stood up, somebody lied. Am I talking? Either you or God, and I think I know who it is. <laughs> Amen. The, the worst part is, when you don't have 300 people, then you say, okay, if you have 50 pounds. I'm like, check you out. <laughs> is this a bazaar or what? 
Amen. And you know, they said, they said, uh, you know, uh, 300 people are meant to give 100 pounds. This really happened. And my friend was about to stand up. And his friend said, no, 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 no. They're still going to get to five pounds. <laughs> it happened, really. And you know what? They got to five pounds. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm, mm. Who is he that speaks when the Lord has not spoken? All right. Enough said. Um, I hope the Pentecostal fellowship of filling the dots. Okay. Eating seed is a tragic waste of potential. You will never get the harvest that that seed could have brought forth. Amen. Now let me say this. A seed for everyone is a foundation. A seed is a good place to start. Listen, it is easier to save or it is easier to trust God for a target when you have something to start with. Go and read your Bible. Nobody multiplied anything who had nothing in the start. Let's do some mathematics. What is, now, the, the sower put seed in the ground, right? In uh, 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 Matthew 13, the sower put seed in the ground. And what happened? The, the, the seed that was sown in good ground brought forth 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Am I correct? Good. Let's do some math. What is five times a hundred? You don't need to have a degree in math to know that. Okay. What is three times a hundred? What is one times a hundred? What is zero times a hundred? Hmm? Oh, not one hundred. Ah. So if you put zero in the ground, you get zero, thirty-fold, sixty-fold zero, and a hundredfold zero. You put zero in the ground, you get zero. Full measure. Press down. Check that out. Zero. It's full measure. Hold on. <laughs> full measure zero. Zero cannot be multiplied. No matter how much you fast and pray. Have you tried that before? Say, Lord... I don't have anything, no, but I'm trusting you for multiplication. It, it, it can be multiplied, actually, but there's only one result. Zero. Zero. Have you found out, even in the secular world, it's easier to get a loan when you can say, this is what I have. It's easier to go to relatives to ask for, help me, help me, I need, I need a million naira. I've saved 300,000 naira. Your seed is important. Your seed helps your faith. It is your point of contact. Lord, this is what I have. Multiply it. So a seed is a good foundation. A seed is a good start. Always have a seed. Always. Without five loaves and two fish, when Jesus fed the 5,000, there wouldn't have been anything to multiply. There would have been nothing to multiply. In John chapter 6, verses 4 to 9, the Bible says, Now the Passover, uh, a feast of the Jews was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this, this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. So, now listen, 
For he himself knew what he would do. I believe that Jesus knew that in that crowd there was a seed. Amen. In that crowd. You see, angels were not going to come down with trays from heaven serving sandwiches. He knew somewhere in that crowd there was a seed. He knew what he would do. Philip answered him. And I'm going to show you two mentalities from this scripture. 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them. That every, even if every one of them had a little. So Jesus said, where are we going to feed this multitude? And Philip said, God, even 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them. Now, 200 denarii was a big deal. Amen. It's like the guy in the Old Testament where the prophet said, this time tomorrow, things are going to change. A, barley of wheat, a, a bowl of wheat is going to cost this and that. From a situation of farming, the man who leaned upon the king's arm, he said, come on. He said, even if now they opened all the windows in heaven and food started falling. <laughs> it can't happen before tomorrow. Things cannot change so fast. And he said, even 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them. Even if everybody had a little. Check how this guy is thinking. God is thinking, everyone here should have a sandwich. He's thinking, look, if we spent everyone's salary on bread, and everyone took a little bit, it's still not going to be enough. One of his disciples, Andrew, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here who has five body loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? I want you to think. There are 5,000 people here. A pastor says, hmm, how are we going to feed these 5,000 people? And then I see a little boy walking with five loaves of fish and two bread. I'm his I'm pastor's assistant. I always want to look good. I always want to look smart. I always want him to think I'm you know, intelligent. Am I likely to call this guy with, two, with five loaves and two fish? Talk to me. I just let him pass. Isn't it? Let's, let's solve this problem the technical way. Let everybody split up. Let's see. Let's start to raise funds now. Amen. That's, that's, that's the man. That's the logical, the worldly wisdom of thinking about it. But because Jesus is there, he says, look, this may not be enough, but we have something to start with. Hallelujah. This may not be enough, but we have something to start with. There would have not been, there would not have been any multiplication without five loaves and two fish. Number three, deal with the not enough mindset. And I'm still going to use this scripture. Deal with the not enough mindset. Deal with the not enough mindset. For some of us, our default position is to close the door. A situation arises and the first words out of your mouth is, oh, I can't do that. Why not ask the question, how can I do that? Is it possible that there's a solution to this problem? Why? Because when you say I can't, you shut the door immediately. Your creative juices stop flowing. When you ask yourself, how can I? Then you start to think. Then you start to pray. Then you start to fast. Then you start to trust God. In the scripture we just read, Jesus said, how are we going to feed these guys? What is Philip saying? <laughs> Forget it. If 200 denarii worth of bread was bought, it would still not be enough to feed these people 
even if they took a little. Now, is that man likely to think about a solution? There's a not enough mindset that many believers have. And we need to deal with it. I was saying on Wednesday, two million pounds is a small amount. I'm not saying it's small because I have it. I'm saying it's small because I know how big my God is. So, when you mention figures, I measure them or I compare them with God. Not with my bank statement. If I'm comparing it with God, is a billion pounds not, sm- not a small amount? Some people hear a million pounds and they faint. Ah, if I get a million, I will just faint. <laughs> That's why you're not getting it. God doesn't want you to faint. <laughs> Amen. He wishes above all things that you be, you be in good health. <laughs> Amen. So, so that you won't faint. You, you know, it won't come. <laughs> so will, oh, God. I hear things people say. Even believers. Pastor, I'll just die. I'll die. With a smile on your face. Have you seen a dead man smiling before? Ah, Master, I'll just die. <laughs> and God is listening from heaven. Say, my son, I don't want you to die. <laughs> Amen. Tell your neighbor, change your mindset. Say it is small. <laughs> you only think it's big when you think you're the one who has to solve the problem. That's when you think it's big. Ah, it's big, oh. It's big. Jesus knew what... See, why did Jesus bother to ask them in the first place? He already knew what he would do. He could have asked for the guy with the... Uh, with five loaves and two fishes. You just tell the microphone, call for the microphone. Five loaves and... Who's the guy with five loaves and two fishes? Bring it. Shazam! Multiply it. Everybody eat. He knew what he would do. Why did he ask them? He wanted to, he wanted to see what... Just, Peter, how do you think? Or Philip, how do you think? Tell your neighbor, deal with not enough. You know, I realize that even the names of God, even the names of God should indicate his mindset. The Bible calls him El Shaddai. He's double-breasted. He has, he has more, you cannot exhaust God. Check out his names, his Rafa. God's names talk about healing, talk about restoration of the soul. There's nothing negative, nothing backward. Someone sees a cup and water is halfway. So ah, this cup is half empty. Why not half full? Ah, this water will soon finish you. All we're thinking is finish. It won't work. Those are the those are the words. Exhaust, lack. You need to work hard to make some people optimistic. Some people will see through a keyhole with both eyes. Pastor, mm, there's no future in that thing. No. You've seen the whole room. Just that nugget of information you received. You haven't bothered to explore it. <laughs> Not your neighbor. Say, change your, change your mindset. Number four, overcome the fear of poverty. Overcome the fear of poverty. 
In Matthew chapter 19 from verses 16 to 22 I will read. Now behold one came and said to him, him being Jesus, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that, no one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. And so he said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth. Uh, What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Jesus said to him, leave those great possessions. An account will be opened in heaven for you, and then follow me. And that statement caused him great sorrow. (laughs) That statement caused him great sorrow. You see a stronghold there. A fear of poverty. Amen. A fear of poverty. All he heard was leave what you have. And the Bible says it cost him great sorrow. Great one. (laughs) Great sorrow. The Bible says there is he that, I think it's Proverbs 11.24, there is he that uh, uh, giveth and yet increaseth. It's a mystery. And there is he that withholdeth more than is meat. And his tendency is to poverty. Amen. No matter how much he withholds, he's still like this. He's on poverty alley. Tries to catch every prosperity bus that is passing. Ah, I must, I must, I must, I must, I must collect, I must save, I must. <laughs> Hallelujah. Overcome the poverty mindset. Giving does not diminish what you have. Giving, if you understand, he said an account will be opened for you in heaven. You will have treasure in heaven. And in spite of that, the Bible says he went away sorrowful. Giving does not diminish what you have. If all your focus is not on that two million naira. Five million naira, you're, you're laser focused on it. Nothing is going to... Some people get all they can and then they can it. <laughs> you're meant to be a channel, not a reservoir. Not a container. It says, I will bless you. It said to Abraham, I'll bless you. And through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Would all the families of the earth have been blessed if Abraham got all he can and canned it? So you need to overcome that fear. When you give, it is an investment in your future. It will yield great returns. Let me read to you Ecclesiastes 11 and the, uh, the first six verses. It says the value of diligence. That's the title. Cast your bread upon the waters for you will find it after many days. Give a serving to seven and also a serving to eight. For you do not know what evil will come on the earth. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there shall it be. The Bible says if the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. I believe that strongly. The Bible says in the book of Zechariah, uh, uh, um, 
uh, ask ye the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain, and he will make bright clouds, and he will cause rain to fall upon every one grass that dwells in the field. He says, when you ask God for rain, God will make bright clouds. And when he makes bright clouds, he will cause rain to fall upon every one grass that dwells in the field. Before it rains, clouds should gather. Amen. And what you do when you sow your seed is you gather your clouds. You keep gathering your clouds. It says give a serving to seven. Give a serving to eight. Keep giving. Make it a habit. You do not know what evil will befall the earth. Because at the time you don't expect, your seed shows up. Your seed speaks for you. Speaks for your children. Things you've done in the past. Your child walks into someone's office for a job and they say, Oh, are you Mrs. So-so's son? Yes. Oh, no, no. You must get this job. Your mother was a good woman. Your mother was a good woman. Maybe you refused to, to accept a bribe from that man 20 years ago. You didn't know you were sowing a seed. For your children. But when we're focused on the now and have no sight of tomorrow, then we fail to sow. It says, he who observes the wind will not sow. He who observes the wind will not sow. God, you understand, I can't sow today. I can't sow. <laughs> I can't sow any seeds today. You know, uh, uh, the, the budget was just released. And in my sector, they are going to cut down on things. So God, we need to, we need to apply wisdom here. <laughs> it says, if you keep looking, you know, you will always have an excuse for not sowing. Always. You will always have a reason not to give. If you, if you lay all the cards on the table, ultimately you don't have everything you want to have. So you might as well just keep your money and you know, buy them gradually. It will yield great returns. Do not lay up your treasure here. The world system is unstable. Whatever leaves your life, whatever leaves you to God has not left your life. It has gone into your future. Whatever leaves you to God has not left your life. It has gone into your future. Verse 5 of the same scripture. As you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child, so you do not know the works of God that makes everything. In the morning sow your seed. In the evening do not withhold your hand, for you do not know which will prosper. Whatever leaves your life to God has not left your life. It has gone into your future. Whatever leaves your life to God has not left your life. It has gone into your future. I need someone to say a prayer very quickly. Father, give me seed to sow and bread to eat. It's in your word concerning me. Let me have more than enough on all fronts. God is able to make all grace abound towards us. Grace to sow seed and grace to eat bread. Ask God for grace this morning. Lord, I'm asking you for grace. Grace to be a sower of seed and an eater of bread. Grace to know what is seed and what is bread. Grace to release my seed and to hold on to my bread. Ask God for grace. 
the devourer is not your portion. The devourer is not your portion. God will make all grace abound towards you. You will have all sufficiency in all things. And abound unto every good work. All sufficiency in all things you will not lack. You will not look up and find no help. God will show up when you need him and surprise him, surprise you when you didn't even think you needed him. Blessing you in all your ways. Father, we give you thanks. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray.